With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steve Hartman. Da, 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 da. Dee, 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 dee. What is he doing? Mike Costa. More like Graham Ono. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in a promo, Brent. That's gold right there. Yeah. It's Loose Cannons time. Oh, welcome to our Thursday edition, the Loose Cannons on Exit 1360, Fox Sports, San Diego. SportsSD.com, by the way. Oh, boy. I just retweeted that beautiful Woo. cover of me on Playgirl back in the day. God, you're, I mean, you're you're still a looker now, but yeah. man, back then, look out, man, ladies. You know, when you're younger, Fighting man, them you know, off. You just you know, got to get a little ripped, you know, a little cut. <laughs> Cut was a different time, but oh, uh, yeah. you get comfortable as you get a little older. Everything was still up know. here. Yeah. When you, you know. get to... <laughs> the, 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 the mudslide exactly. takes place. Exactly. So, uh, well, here we are on this Thursday. And tonight, by the way, a lot of excitement. Uh, the debut of the Brian Dutcher Show tonight at 6 o'clock. And it's going to be on location on yeah. the border of Mission Valley. And you and I are going to head out there after our show mm-hmm. to get a little uh, chip salsa, a little, you know, a little grub. Got to support there. the team, man. Exactly. And Coach Dutch will be there along with John Schaefer and, of course, uh, Judson Richards. Right. He has a busy night tonight, right? Yeah, he's going to, I think he's going to jump a little early. He's got Point Loma Nazarene basketball play-by-play duties. Yeah, so that he's, he's to everywhere. take care of. But you look at, you know, the, uh, Rich and Judson did such a great job at the Rocky Long Show mm-hmm. uh, this year. And I would assume that the Brian Dutcher Show is going to be the same with Judson and John Schaefer. Yeah, so the, uh, the Dutcher Show... The Brian Dutcher show. We just know him as Dutch. You know, it's, it's, I almost have to remind myself, Brian, Brian, Brian Dutcher. Because well, I would just know him as Dutch. We, yeah, you you forget kind of the formalities of calling him coach. <laughs> and you don't go, hey, coach Dutch. Yeah. But everyone just goes, hey, what's up, Dutch? What's up, Dutch? Yeah. Uh, but that's going to be every Thursday night at 6 p.m. And uh, a few of those will actually be on location, including tonight. So if you want to join us out there, we'll be there. I don't know. Take about 10 minutes from so, here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's on the border. Mission Valley, that's the location for tonight's uh, Brian Dutcher show. Right, and coming off of the uh, the blowout win over San Jose State, they've got a they've got a tough matchup coming up with Boise State up there in Idaho on uh, on Saturday. It'd be interesting to see how he uh, he's going to attack the Broncos on Saturday. Yeah, Boise playing very well right now, that's for sure. All right, so a lot of things going on once again on a very busy Thursday. Of course, we want you to get in on the action. Cannon shot of the day. I listen. If I could get a caller in all three hours as a qualifier, what? And make me a very, very happy man. All right. Now here's the good news. Our Cannon shot of the day winner once again is going to take home a pair of tickets, good for any one day admission of the Farmers Insurance Open, which will get underway two weeks from today. That's right. January 25th will be the first round of the 2018 Farmers Insurance Open. So get in five seven zero thirteen sixty. Follow us on Twitter. At Cannon Hartman at Costa 1360, you can text us at 70470. Your Raiders. That's right, baby. Are Back at it in again. The conversation. I will never forget in 2000, Philly Billy and I actually attended the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. 
Okay, who went in that year? Well, the guys that went in included Joe Montana and Ronnie Lott, two first ballot legends from the 49ers. Howie Long, who, of course, stole my name, as you know. Yes, I know. Which was part of the draw because of my friendship with Howie. Uh, Dave Wilcox, another 40. It was like an all-49er deal, and he's a former 49er. And then there was Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney, of course, the son of the patriarch, Art Rooney, the mm-hmm. original owner of the, the Steelers. Chief. And uh, by the way, uh, a man that had a, a major influence, Dan just passed away a couple of years ago, did have a major influence in the NFL and really was the guy that went out and hired Chuck Knoll and ran the drafts that eventually turned the Steelers from losers into winners. So his spot in the Hall of Fame was well-deserved. But there was no love loss between Al Davis and Dan Rooney. Gee, I wonder why. No love loss. In <laughs> fact, what I will never forget, this is like the last time, one of the last few times, where they actually did the Hall of Fame induction speeches on the front steps before oh, they yes. moved it to the stadium because yeah. bigger crowds were coming in. And Al Davis was sitting, while Dan Rooney is making his speech, Al Davis is sitting in the front row of the former Hall of Famers, sandwiched between Jim Otto and Gene Upshaw. So you had the Raider trio right there. So while Dan Rooney is making his speech, Al Davis is talking behind him. Was it a boring speech? I almost felt like he was going to, you know, like like spit wads, like the spit wads as he was making the speech. Watch this, Gene. I can get it on his ear. I mean, seriously. I mean, he was like behind there and he's behind him and he's in the front row and he's like laughing away while Rooney is making his speech. Yeah. The immaculate reception dies hard. They've never gotten over it. (laughs) Never gotten over it. So this latest news that the Raiders may have violated the Rooney rule comes as no surprise. No. Because the fact is, Al Davis and his son Mark, the Davis family, has no respect uh, for the Rooney family. And so they're apparently mocking the Rooney family by completely ignoring a rule, which, by the way, has been in place for 15 years. It's not like something new to the table. What was so the you first know the procedure? 2000... 2003. Three. Okay. And there's a significance to that first year of 2003. By the way, Marvin Lewis was hired that year and is mm-hmm. still obviously employed by the Bengals. But that was also the year that only one only one person's ever actually been fined for failing to adhere to the Rooney rule. And if you're not familiar with the Rooney rule, basically it was put in place to give minorities a better opportunity to get at first had coaching jobs. Now it's across the board, general manager yes. positions, other executive positions in the NFL. And basically what it says is before you can hire anybody, you need to interview a minority candidate, multiple minority candidates. And right out of the box, Matt Millen with the Detroit Lions. Hmm, former Raider. <laughs> former Raider. <laughs> he saw that Rooney name. He's like, we don't, we don't listen. Uh the uh, Lions, uh, Mariucci, had just yes. been fired by the 49ers. He was still a hot commodity as a coach, and he just hired him. He didn't interview anybody, <laughs> and he got fined $200,000. Because it's a serious rule, Steve. <laughs> well, is it? Because no one has actually been fined since. I think since that time, since the first year, they figured out different ways of getting around the Rooney rule. The late, great Dennis Green, I would have loved to have seen his frequent flyer mileage. Mm. Once the Rooney rule was put into place, because that seemed to be the guy. Oh, yeah, we talked to Dennis Green. Hey, we had Dennis Green in, and we're going to really hire the guy we wanted. So it's it has, I think it it has done some good, yes, because teams are, you know, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Tomlin, who seemed to come out of left 
field, right. blew them away in the interview process, and look what Mike Thomas has produced. Mike Tomlin has produced for them. Well, this past year, eight of the 32 head coaches in the National Football League were minorities, and that includes Ron Rivera, Hispanic, yes. American, as Tom Flores was back in the day. Uh, which is a fourth. Now you say, well, that seems like a low number considering about 65% of the NFL, I believe, is African-American, if not higher. Uh, not obviously as high as the NBA, but it, it's a high number. So even those numbers still are not where a lot of people think they should be. But here's where the problem lays for the Raiders, because now we're hearing more and more of how this whole Gruden thing actually came down. And it's kind of peculiar because right off the bat, we were hearing stories that the Fritz Pollard Alliance was happy. They were satisfied with the steps that the Raiders had taken as far as their coaching vacancy. Well, and think also about the Raiders' history. No organization has been more forthcoming in minority hirings than the Raiders. Absolutely. In the hiring of Tom Flores, in the hiring of Art Shell. Uh, in the elevation of Amy Trask as the CEO, she joined us yesterday well, on the still, show. They're still heralded for being the first organization as far as their Mexican-American outreach program and, and bringing all groups of color into the Raider organization. Family. They were the first team to draft an African-American quarterback in the first round way back in 1968, Eldridge Dickey. Mm -hmm. So their track record is outstanding. Al Davis was a, a, really in the forefront uh, of uh, minorities uh, and giving them opportunities that a lot of teams are passing on. But here's what we're finding out about the Gruden situation. First of all, apparently Mark Davis, since taking control of the organization when his father passed away in 2011, from day one, he wanted to bring John Gruden back. You know, it was a mistake just like Amy Trask did, just like a lot of people in the organization did. I mean, this has been going on for six years that he's been trying to get John Gruden back as John the head coach Gruden of the Raiders. was Mark Davis's white whale. Right. And the conversation, that's why every single year, I mean, even when Del Rio had a great season, the rumors were out there. Gruden go back to the Raiders, possibly? Yeah, he was sort of a seat holder, is basically what Del Rio was. Mm -hmm. For six years, Mark Davis has had one thing on his mind, get John Gruden back as the head coach. He didn't have the financial means, but after that Vegas deal... Yeah, the money's there. Yeah, just throw it onto the debt pile that he's already <laughs> piling up in Vegas. So they make this deal, but now the report is, is that the week before they fired Del Rio, they already had an agreement with John Gruden in place. Okay, but see, now we have to... What is the definition of agreement per the Rooney rule and per the NFL? Was it a wink, wink? Was it a handshake? Was it just a, hey, well, it's coming? See, what the Raiders may claim is this: Yeah, we had an agreement, but we didn't actually sign a contract. And between the time we had an agreement and actually signed the contract, here are the two people that they interviewed. They they interviewed their own tight ends coach, Bobby Johnson, I believe his name is. Who a lot of people say should have been the head coach. Nobody said that. And then they hired the infinitely qualified T. Martin, the offensive coordinator at USC. Could have been the guy. Uh, it's two guys that they, they seriously considered. But this gets back to the whole dynamic of the Rooney rule and that, that has been around now going on its 15th year in existence. Do you believe, Costa, in this day and age, that a Rooney rule is necessary in the National Football League. I still think it's necessary because I still think that 
as far as the ownership group is concerned, the group of 32, it still is considered a country club and a good old boys network as far as the owners are concerned and who they want to have in as their their head coach. I, I, I do. Now, are we ever going to get a perfect canvas of 50% Caucasian, 50% men of color, or just, I mean, are we going to get an Asian head coach, you know, that type of thing? I don't think we'll ever reach that level, but I still think there's there's inroads that can be improved upon and using the Rooney rule to do it, I think, is what the NFL is still striving for. What was interesting this last year is that two teams that had not gone there before did. Yeah. Denver with Vance Joseph and obviously the Chargers with Anthony Lynn. You and I had this idea that the Chargers might be the last at the table to actually go in that direction. Right. But not only did they hire Anthony Lynn, as it turned out, Anthony Lynn was a major upgrade from Mike McCoy. Can't as, deny uh, He Can't exhibited deny his first year. Now, Vance Joseph certainly... Uh, the jury is still out on whether or not he is up to the job. Right, and and I think that you look at the the Broncos situation with Vance Joseph, and you can throw away the token label because that he still is back in the fold. And I think even John Elway realizes, I didn't give the guy a quarterback. I mean, look look at the disaster we were offensively. He deserves another chance there. Yeah, he does. Now that doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed a job. I actually I actually saw Stephen A. Smith. Uh, who I actually have done work with. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not like Stephen. I like Stephen A. Smith. Good guy. He really is. He has a persona, so to speak. But if you know him privately, he's a really good guy. But he said something about the fact that the Marvin Lewis situation in Cincinnati is doing a disservice for African-American coaches. The fact that they are retaining a guy that has not proven that he can get over the hump, that he can take his team to the next level. He basically said it smelled of tokenism to some some degree to retain Marvin Lewis, sort of to, you know, like, sort of maintain that face. And he was saying this. He kept referring to himself as an African American and everything else. But as he said, you're not doing the brothers, his words, uh, any favors by but- keeping a guy that personifies mediocrity uh, in the league, based at least in his idea, because of the color of his skin. Yeah, but it, it also doesn't guarantee if you get rid of Marvin Lewis that the Mike Brown and Mike Brown family are then going to hire another man of color <laughs> no. to take that position. Or that the guy, if they hire a, a guy not of color and the guy's a complete bust, right. I mean, you know. I, r- listen, Marvin Lewis, yeah, he hasn't done anything, but how much is that Marvin Lewis and how much of that is the ineptitude of the Brown family as owners of the Bengals? Those two go together there. It's not all on Marvin Lewis. No, it's not. It just seemed an interesting twist from Stephen A. to go in that direction. My thought about the Rooney rule is, and I thought this when it first was introduced, that it was going to lend itself to token interviews. I mean, and it has over the last oh, 15 beyond, years. Without a doubt. See, again, Dennis Green was the guy that everyone was flying all over the country to check the box. Well, and partly the Rooney rule was put into place after Tony Dungy was fired by Tampa and Dennis Green was fired by the Vikings the same year, both had had successful runs Correct. with their teams, and they both got fired, and both would be future coaches, obviously, as well, uh, with other organizations. And that's really how this whole thing got started. Kellen Winslow, former tight end of the Chargers, one of the people Very in the vocal. forefront of the Rooney rule. So I, I understand the idea of making sure that it's an equal playing field for everybody out there. Yeah. But ultimately, if you're an owner, you're running a billion-dollar business. The buck stops how, with you. I mean, if I'm Mark Davis, I'm going to say, look, 
<laughs> There's a reason why we are hiring John Gruden. We are going into a new market, a new market that we are desperately seeking attention in. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're moving to L.A. where they got, you know, 30 million people. We are going to Las Vegas. For us to take root in a city like Las Vegas, we need star power coming in. And John Gruden gives us star power. With all due respect to any minority candidate out there, none of them has the Q rating right. of a guy like John Gruden. And you, NFL, approved the move, understanding the challenges facing the Raiders. And by the way, Amy Trask yesterday, she talked about some of the challenges that the Raiders are going to have moving into a market like Las Vegas. Because, again, it's not a great sports city. It's a city for gamblers. It's a city where everyone has a fun time and everything well, else. it's a city on the weekend that's the biggest grouping of transplants ever. Right. And then Monday, it's nothing. So you could almost claim, if you're Mark Davis, we have special circumstances here. It's not that yeah. we disrespect the Rooney rule. It's just that we need John Gruden to be part of our move to Vegas. See, there's a guy out there who I cannot wait until he finally decides, yeah, it's my time in the NFL, and that's David Shaw at Stanford. I think David well, Shaw— Well, he's been offered jobs. He hasn't bit yet. Okay, and there's something about the Rooney rule. We really never find out how many men of color are offered the job or immediately say, no, nah, I don't want that and job. And you don't have to disclose that, by the way, the interviews. Right. right. So, you know, there, there are the guys out there who I think personally we're gonna are going to make dynamic head coaches in the NFL who are like, you know, I don't want it. All right, lines are jammed. We're going to get two calls. Before, just one quick note, though, about the Raiders. And one thing that could trip them up is that Reggie McKenzie, the general manager, is the one that came out and said that he had made the interviews with the tight ends coach and with T. Martin, and he's not actually hiring. See, that's the whole point. Ultimately, it's the owner that's hiring. So that might have tripped up the Raiders story a little bit because Mark Davis didn't meet with those guys. Reggie McKenzie said he did. All right, let's go to Jamal right now. Jamal, welcome. You're on with the Loose Cannons. Hey, Loose Cannons. How y'all doing? Great, Hi, Jamal. Jamal. How are you, man? I'm good. I just, uh, this is crazy. To make an owner, he, this is his money to tell him what to do, how to hire somebody. It's dumb. If somebody, if they don't want to hire somebody, they don't have to. For the players to be over 65% African-Americans playing, they're the problem. They need to work some out with Vince McMahon and start some new league. <laughs> so these old money, this old money here, is done with. Get some new money. This this McMahon would let him do would change everything that wrong with the NFL because he wants to take over. So he's a businessman. He sees money. So I'm more upset with the players for not making no moves instead of be blaming the owners. That it's their money. They can do hire, not hire who they want. And for them to go through back doors and to cover this makes it even worse. So they were forced to interview African-American minorities, but they find ways to get by that and makes it even worse to even have the rule at the beginning. All right. Now, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jamal, although I'm well known for putting words in people's Mr. mouths. Mr. Twister. All right. But, but Jamal, let, let, so let me get this straight. Now, we, we've talked a little bit about this new XFL that Vince McMahon wants to bring back, and maybe he's learned his lessons for the first time around. But what you're saying is if they have an opportunity in a different league, speaking of African-American players, coaches, anyone, uh, minorities out there, that he uh, that they should put their money where their mouth is, exit the NFL if they feel like they've been mistreated, 
and and flee for the new league is what you're saying. Yes, and it's not just it's not just African American. I'm saying all all white anybody right football players. Period. But I'm saying for them as a group, they've been complaining about NFL owners for so yep. long. They need to go somewhere else. Money, business. They're businessmen now. They're not players. They're businessmen. They need to come together and make a deal because they're the product that makes this thing, the machine that makes this go. You know what I mean? All right. Very good, Jamal. Interesting. Good stuff. Uh, and and I, I don't know this off the top of my head. As far as ownership in the NFL, is there any minority ownership that is the, the major stakeholder in the team? I don't think there is. In the is National there, Football League? In the National League? Football League. See, to me, that that is one of the big pins. Walter Payton, before obviously passed away, sure. desperately was trying to acquire a team. I think once we do get a, a Mexican man, a Mexican woman, black man, black, whatever the case may be, as the head of an NFL team as an owner, to me, that's one of the very big pins that needs to fall. Brent, can I sneak in another quick call? Yes, let's go to Ed. Ed, welcome. You're next up with the Cannons. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, yeah, to answer your first question, I think uh, Shaka Khan is uh, the majority owner in uh, the Jaguars, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> hey, uh, my thing is this, guys, and I'll make it quick. Um, I'm a minority. I'm biracial. Um, and I will tell you, I, I personally don't like affirmative action uh, for a variety of reasons, and I'm not going to get into that. But in this case, I'll tell you guys this much. I'm a Dodger fan. And Hartman, I'm sure you'll remember when the Dodgers hired Joe Torrey. Yes. Everybody knew Torrey was coming. Everybody knew that's who they wanted. Everybody, I mean, basically, it is what it is. MLB basically stepped in and said, "Look, guys, we're going to bypass you having to hire somebody or interview. I'm sorry, somebody. Why? Because they've opened up the color barrier. They had, at the time, I think they had a uh, Chinese American female right. in the uh, executive." Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So, again, in this case, I think Mark Davis, because of everything you guys have already said, should have just came to NFL and said, look, guys, bottom line, this is my guy. This is who I've wanted since day one. I'm going to hire him. Do you want me to basically give you a dog and pony show, or do you just let me hire the guy I want, period? Well, and what's interesting about that is – Ed, they may have done that. See, all the noise that's coming out right now, none of it's actually coming from the National Football League. No, it's it's the Fritz Paul or the Lions. You know, everyone on the outside looking in is, how do we know they didn't have this kind of deal, even when they even approved the move to Vegas? I mean, this, this whole Gruden situation, to me, has been sitting there festering 
all season long. Ever since it was approved that the Raiders are moving to Vegas, they knew. I think this deal was done. Yeah, the Ducks were in a row where the, the Raiders had to get the big splash. All right, uh, we'll get more of your input out there. 570-1360, at Ken Harbin, Acosta, 1360, Texas, 70470. Also want to talk about... Ernie was up all last night, apparently. Oh, poor kid. Tossing and turning back and forth. We have this question about the Padres and all this Eric Hosmer noise being made out there. If the Padres were to sign Eric Hosmer, what does he have to do to actually earn the money they're going to pay him? We'll explain and have the answer coming up next. Coming up tomorrow morning on Hardwick and Richards, if you got some plans to do some gambling and NFL games, we're going to tell you our winners. We also got bold predictions and giveaway. Monster Jam tickets and Farmers Insurance Open tickets as well. We'll see you at 6 a.m. on Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego. It is our very first Brian Dutcher Coaches Show taking place tonight, 6 o'clock. Be with us live from On the Border in Mission Valley. John Schaefer, Justin Richards have an exclusive sit-down with Coach. If you can't make it in person, be listening tonight right here on Extra 1360 starting at 6. Yeah, of course, uh, the Brian Dutcher Show will be every Thursday at 6 o'clock, but some of them will be on location, including tonight on the border of Mission Valley. Costa and I will head over there as soon That's as we're right. off the air today. So I want to be there for the debut of the Dutch Show right there. So uh, if you want to come on down and join us again on the border out there in Mission Valley, we welcome in uh, Ernie Martinez right now. Poor kid. Uh, Ernie. <laughs> two eyes like a couple of boiled onions. It was unbelievable. Ernie, Ernie's like, I... I, I, I I, I couldn't sleep last night. And then he unravels. Like it looked like like the Christmas list. Yep. And and basically, Ernie, you spent all night long researching every free agent signing in the history of baseball. <laughs> I mean, pretty much you had a list of thousands, you know, trying to gauge how do you how do you know if a free agent signing is successful? What exactly are you using for a barometer? on whether or not a free agent signing is a good thing for a team, right? Well, look, it, it just stems from, it seems like most people are against bringing Eric Hosmer in because they said now is not the right time. And I, the one thing I, I agree with, if it is a seven-year deal, that is... A, I, th there's no seven-year deal. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying... That's that, fantasy That land. seems to be one of the arguments, well, you can't bring a guy in for the... My thought is, it made me think of free agents, and granted the list is small, but if you bring a free agent that can turn the history of an organization around and give the fans, the fan base of San Diego, what they've never experienced before, a World Series title. Well, okay. I'm going to use an example of yours. Okay. Uh, you had the name Kirk Gibson, Correct. right? Yeah. So the Dodgers signed Kirk Gibson as a free agent before the 1988 season. And obviously that 1988 season could not have gone any better for the Dodgers or Kirk Gibson. He wins the MVP award. They win the World Series. He hits his historic home run. The next two years, the last two years of that three-year deal, he was hurt. Dodgers went into the toilet because he was really unable to play, and then he was gone. After three years, they didn't re-sign him, and he ended up with the Royals uh, for his next free agent contract. So... In your opinion, Costa, would that be a successful free agent signing? Let's let's do this. Let's say Eric Hosmer signed a six-year deal. Okay. I'm going to give you two, two different options for right. his career. And okay. they're extreme, but I'm just going to give you two different options. Option one is, is that he plays six years. Let's say a six-year deal. And he's an all-star every year. 
Okay. Think of uh, Adrian Gonzalez numbers that he was putting up when he was with the Padres. All, all right. right. He's right. a clear all-star all the way through the deal. But the Padres never even hit 500. They just never get there. They're just okay. one of these mediocre teams with a good player. And they, and they, you know, they win, you know, 80 games. Okay. That's option one. Okay. Here's option two. He comes to San Diego, has this monster first year, and miracle of miracles, the San Diego Padres win the World Series. The next five years, he hits 220, is hurt, and basically is not a contributor to the rest of the deal. Yeah. Which option is number better two, for you? Number two. Really? Uh, number two. In a heartbeat. Yes. A okay. heartbeat. Okay. Yes. So you're saying if Hosmer came in and in six years had five horrifically bad years, but that one magical year. He put them on their shoulders and we finally got the Look championship it, in San Diego. You're right. And the fact that he would even stay here the rest of those five years, they'd probably find a way to trade him after the third year of him hitting 220 at some point and a team right. he could potentially help out. Fleece another team. But he came here, he helped build something San Diego never had. And Jake Santos from Fox Sports San Diego brought this up too. People talk about the timeline. Well, bringing Eric Cosmer in now doesn't fit into their timeline. I think it makes a guy like Will Myers a better player, takes a little pressure off him. I, I think the intangibles that Eric Cosmer brings could be valuable to the, a young team. And at the same time, moving forward, you look at other free agents who, down the road who become free agents. They start looking at San Diego as, you know what? I like what they're doing in San Diego. I want to play for the Padres because of that Eric Cosmer signing. All right. I, I have look two at, ways to go around this okay, one. Okay, look at San Diego is right now third on the list for a Major League Baseball team not appearing in the playoffs. They can't go any further than that. You, no, they can't. you got to – well, they can. But okay, let, they let's us, slow down, Ernie. Let, let's, okay, let, from what your previous comment here. I look at it this way. If you could get Eric Cosmer at a great price now – not seven years, $140 million. That's not a good price for Eric Hosmer. Yeah, I agree, yeah. If you could get like a six-year, $100 million deal. About $16.6 million a year. I, I would sign that in a heartbeat. Is it premature? It's premature in this respect. We don't know what we have in San Diego yet. I mean, we look at Renfro and Margot and Hedges. we got some young players that, you know, had their first full year but none of them was an instant all-star. We see potential for them to perhaps be there. Before you start signing, the way I think, if you if you really look like, if the Astros are your litmus test on how to do this, let the young talent develop. Let's find out if Margot can be an all-star center fielder, or Renfro can be a consistent 30-plus home run guy, or Hedges can do more than just catch, he can actually hit. Once you actually understand what it is you have, then you go out the next step and start filling those holes with free agents. I think that's the way well, you have to go about his, it. Historically, most championship baseball clubs are built from within. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And and the Astros, the Royals did that. The right. Giants did that. The problem, Ernie, with your the problem with your theory about you know other big time free agents are looking at what the Padres did with Hosmer and thinking I want to go there. Then we assume that the Padres are going to suddenly have like a Yankees or Red Sox type payroll. Oh, also you have to remember all these young players you have are going to be free agents, and they're yeah. And are they're you going to re-sign well, okay, all of them when but, they become stars? But if they if they give San Diego what they want, yeah, well, that's going to happen no matter what. But look at. Wait a second. I, said, I love how you're spending other people's money. Let, <laughs> let's say, let's say that Hedges, Margo, and Renfro all become all stars, and they're all free agents at the exact same time, all demanding hundred million dollar plus deals to stay in San Diego. 
Do you expect the Padres will pay all that money to well, keep no. the team together? No. no, I would hope they make the best decision to keep some type of legacy or some type of run going here in San Diego. It could be with one if they let one of those guys go. If if they are big all star, it it could be the addition by subtraction. Well, and it could even be. If something special has happened here in San Diego, maybe it doesn't take a free agent signing. Maybe it's a trading deadline where there's some big free agents the following year who are looking to go to a playoff contender. And they go, you know what? I like what's going on. And so they don't have to Just resign. Rent them. They rent but, them. but we did this three years ago with the Padres. Yeah, but they, that was for they, the entire season. I mean, if, well, I know, and, and but they, they went out the and, and had this flurry of uh, unprecedented, not just for the Padres, for any major league team, what they did that uh, offseason. No, we were sitting here celebrating, you know, getting ready for the 2015 right, yeah. season. If that they, seems like 100 okay. years ago, and if, it went bust. If they, Ron Fowler has always contended that if they are sniffing, they're in the hunt. Well, what's sniffing? Where they are right now is not sniffing. Okay, but let's say they're five or six games out of the lead in the NL West after the All-Star break. I mean, it's it's easy. A playoff worth is attainable. He's always said they'll open up the checkbook. And I don't mind them if they do go that renter's way for a half of a season. And, look, and you're, at, you get rid of some of that young talent. I've seen if teams five in. out at the All Star break. They're twenty five out at the end of the year. And and not everybody has to follow the other team's plan. They could take a little bit from that. Now I I have to leave that up to the executives of the Padres to make how much money we're going to spend. I know it's not going to be like the Yankees or the Red Sox, but you, you talk about these younger players and waiting to see how they pan out. Maybe. A guy like Eric Hosmer, and I truly believe this, has the intangibles to make these guys better quicker and make baseball exciting, a little bit more exciting and intriguing here in San Diego. Have so, you tweeted to him yet? I haven't got a response yet. I so don't basically, want to here's what happened last night. <laughs> yeah. You realize as, you know, you're already halfway. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, through. I mean, you're you're on the other side of the clock now. <laughs> and, and you have young children at home. Yeah. <laughs> At least once in your lifetime, you want to see a Padres parade here in San Diego. I, besides the one that so you're not second place back. So in I mean, here the Padres have the late. You know, they, they're talking 2020, 2021. Be patient, everything else. You're out of patience. You're done. You, you want you want it now. You I want do, Hosmer now. And then if you're going to get Hosmer, let's add other people now. I'm, I'm just saying when Eric Hosmer became a free agent. My interest in bringing him here, yeah, has sped things up a little bit. And like I've said this from day one. Well, well, can I go back to my previous, just to interrupt you, because yeah. I love interrupting people. Because um, <laughs> I always want to get my thoughts in first. <laughs> Going back to what I asked Costa, let's say you sign Hosmer to a six-year deal, and he was an all-star every single year, but at no point were the Padres serious contenders to even make it to the playoffs. Would you still consider that money well spent or an absolute bust? If they were to go to the World Series? I just, you're not listening to me, Ernie. You got World Series on your mind. <laughs> I just said he had six straight all star seasons and they never even made the playoffs in any of those six years. No, but he was an all star all six years. See, no, is that did, a bus signing? We did it's not. It's not a bus signing. It just, the, it, 
the plan didn't come to signing. I think it is. The plan didn't come to fruition. I mean, you. you no, I mean, but you're I'm, saying that Eric I'm, Hosmer is a guy that you think is the difference maker to help a team win a championship. At, you're referring to Lonzo Ball as a bust. Uh, if a guy's a, a an all star for six years, that he is not a bust. The plan is a bust. No, but, but the your plan is, is to bust. win a World Series. That's yeah. what you're talking but, about. But in it, baseball, somebody has to go for every team. So if Lonzo Ball would make an all star team, he actually got voted in. It wasn't well. Somebody's got to go. Lonzo so here you can go. Now? No, no, I'm just <laughs> comparing. He he seems to be the latest. No, I mean if he was a legitimate all star, not just your token all star, but a legitimate all star every year of that deal, and they never win more than 81 games in any of those six years. But we're not buying season tickets every single year to go see. Hey, that guy was an all star. Yeah, Hosmer's no. not going to put fannies in seats. Sign you know what's going to put butts in seats? Winning. Lots of winning. And he will help you do that. All right, so there it is. Can you sleep better now, Ernie? Oh, almost, maybe. I don't even know where we went with that, but there it was. This is all for Ernie out there. If you want to talk to Ernie, you can go through us. He doesn't give out any personal numbers. At Cannon Harbin, it costs the 1360. Text us at 70470. Another Super Bowl memory as we march towards 52 in Minnesota. We're going to listen back to John L. Last game, Super Bowl 33 after this. Hey, what's up? It's Rich coming up tomorrow right at noon on the Martin Rich Show. Divisional playoffs to look ahead to. Also, huge prize on the list. Join us at noon on Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego. It's always important to listen to everything we have to say on this show, not just because we say things that make a lot of sense. But today... It could help you win a pair of tickets to see San Diego State men's basketball take on Fresno State Wednesday, January 17th, 8 p.m. at Viejas. So we will ask a question. Costa will ask a question based on something that we uh, talked about during the show today. We need to get out to a hoops game. Maybe that's the game we go to. January 17th, next, next Wednesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a good time to go. Look at you. Okay. Wow. Right. We're out and about. All right. Out and about. All right. Well, I certainly remember John Elway's last game. I was down there in Miami for I that was one, too. and there was uh, we were all hanging out. Kiss and... was the pregame show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we were down in Miami for that one, and a certain someone uh, was out uh, late the uh, night before the game. Eugene and Eugene Robinson, they got scorched right out of the box by Rod Smith. Uh, touchdown Broncos. This turned out to be a no game, but a, a fitting ending for a great career in John Elway. It took John Elway 15 NFL seasons to win his first Vince Lombardi trophy. But in Super Bowl 33, an even stronger Bronco team built around league MVP Terrell Davis was favored to win another. To accomplish this, Denver would have to beat its former coach Dan Reeves and his determined Atlanta Falcons, who were making their first championship appearance. In his final NFL game, John Elway's explosive performance would provide a fitting exit for the Magnificent Seven. Inefficiency inside the red zone would haunt Atlanta throughout the game. It's on the way, it's up, and it is good. High formation now, Denver first and go inside the one. Hand off to Howard Griffith over left guard. Griffith is in for a different touchdown. However, the Falcons would get the first break of Super Bowl 33. Here's the snap, Elway on the run, looking, and it's a handoff, intercepted, intercepted by Ronnie Bradford. The Falcons entered the second quarter with a golden opportunity, while the pressure was now on the defending champions. As the second quarter began, Atlanta turned down a chance at a field goal, opting for a fourth down gamble. 
Brooks, right side, bounce deep as Anderson. He's in trouble, and the Broncos have him. Kicker Jason Elam extended the Bronco lead to 10-3. And Morton Anderson will have an attempt of 26 yards. Here's the snap. The hold, the kick is on the way. It's up, and oh. it is... Oh, no, no good. No good. The Falcons again came away empty, while the Broncos moved quickly to turn their meticulous planning into a game-breaking touchdown. Oh. Elway boots and rolls to his right, stops, loads it up, throws down deep the middle of the field. Rod Smith totaled 144 yards receiving in the first half, and the biggest play of his career equaled the second longest touchdown catch in Super Bowl history. The Falcons threatened to score as the quarter came to a close, but inside the red zone, Denver's defense shut the door. And with a 17-6 lead, the Broncos were one half away from another world championship. The third quarter of Super Bowl 33 couldn't match the first half fireworks. Atlanta's hopes for a comeback were buried by Denver's aggressive defense. The pressure to score fell on the arm of Chris Chandler. Rolls to his left, now pressured, looks back to his right, fires in the middle, pass is going to be intercepted. And on Atlanta's next possession, the Broncos' defense would strike again. Pass deflected, it's up in the air, pass going to be intercepted. Darian Gordon's 58-yard return of Atlanta's second consecutive interception put Denver deep in Falcon territory. And with 15 minutes to play, Mike Shanahan's club now had a chance to turn Super Bowl 33 into a rout. On the first play of the fourth quarter, Denver ended the competitive phase of Super Bowl 33. And off Griffin. Left side again. Same play as he scored on initial, and he scored again. Touchdown, Denver. Atlanta's offense needed points and needed them quickly. However, for the third consecutive possession, a Falcons drive ended with an interception. Chandler, play fakes on the counter, steps up in the pocket, throws to the end zone, pass is going to be picked off. Want to go after him? Okay, let's go base and go strong right, zoom, B right, C left, quarterback draw. Griffith now in motion to the left, Elway with an empty backfield, runs a quarterback draw, lunges to the goal line. With a 31-6 lead. Didn't work out better for him, boy. No. John Elway left nothing to chance. By the time Atlanta's offense finally found the end zone, Super Bowl 33 had been decided. For the Broncos, the time had come to orchestrate a coronation fit for an MVP. I asked him, I said, hey, it's in this game. You want to be on the field the last player. Would you like to tribute to get pulled? Okay. Uh-huh. And he said, I'd like to come off the field. Okay. However, to execute a proper Elway send-off, the Broncos needed the ball back one last time. And with their fourth takeaway of Super Bowl 33, their daring defense set the stage for a Hall of Fame exit. And they are going to take a knee right now with a minute and 23 seconds left. Elway now is going to leave the game. His helmet is off, both arms extended in the air. And if it's not his last game, it sure seems like it. With its 34-19 victory, the Denver franchise had its second consecutive Super Bowl title, culminating almost two decades of football excellence. Three months later, number seven chose this, the pinnacle of his brilliant 16-year career, to be his last. No other quarterback ever led his team to more victories than the Magnificent Seven. 
and his legacy will be that when great players finally get to play on great teams, the results are world championships. There it was. So Elway goes out on top. Some people thought that's he still had gas left in the tank, obviously. He had a incredible game, MVP of that Super Bowl. Nope. By the way, his coach, Mike Shanahan, thought that was his sure ticket to the Hall of Fame back-to-back Super Bowls. He hasn't even gotten a sniff. He hasn't even made the preliminary list, unless they still think there's a team out there those, uh, willing to give him another chance. Those L.A. Raider years are keeping him down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the Redskin years didn't help him <laughs> out either. as well. But uh, for two years there, Broncos oh. on top of the mountain. All right. Boy, that was that was Super Bowl 33, right? 33. We're counting down. We're getting close Cruising now to that big Super Bowl 52 coming up in Minneapolis, which we will not be at. No worries. Mercifully. No worries. All right. Time to qualify someone right now for the cannon shot of the day. A drum roll, please. This out. Cannon shot came from our number one caller, Jamal, talking about the Rooney rule. Good stuff. Good calls. Excellent uh, participation in the first hour. We get ready for the four. Four of the biggest sports stories of the day, including someone doing something really nice for mom. Coming up next. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.